0: Hey everyone welcome back to the Bike Pack adventures podcast today i'm going to be talking about uh, i'm going to be doing a ride cast talking about my canadian shield 400 fkt yeah so i decided to just kind of talk about the route and um what i experienced as i went through it and just hopefully if anybody's out there that's planning to ride it um that you know they can take this information and do with it as they please maybe it'll help them to to be a little faster, it'll be a little more productive, uh, get some ideas of things and whatnot. So let's start with uh, the first part. Let's talk about the route. So it begins in Chelsea, Quebec, but that's actually gonna be moving. I'm uh, gonna be moving the start point to Wakefield for next year or for the near, in the near future, maybe even this year. It seems that everybody tries to use some kind of iconic location as a start point or end point for their route. And uh, so I figured what better location than the Wakefield-Covered Bridge. Yeah, so that's what I'm going to do. Uh, the route is 400 kilometers long. It is the shortest of the Canadian Shield routes. And the main reason I rode this was because I only had a weekend. So I figured, why not? Let's do it. Uh, major points along the route are places such as Wakefield, Poggin Dam and the, its epic view, Mont-Saint-Marie um, and its single track, Gracefield, Lac Kayama. Although I didn't spend much time there. Um, it's a nice little village on the edge of a huge long lake. And uh, and it's just before a really rough section. So it's a great place to to take a little dip and enjoy a break. Otter Lake, Lac des Lou, and of course the Gatineau Park. Uh, there's approximately 6,300 meters of elevation gain. And uh, when you look deeper into the numbers, there's about 100 kilometers, actually more, and 100- yeah, about 100 kilometers of Gatineau Park because there's a few kilometers we're on pavement outside of the Gatineau Park um, or you're in the Gatineau Park, but you're on the paved road. So um, about 100 kilometers of Gatineau Park trails. That's a mix of double track, single track, um, a little bit of logging road type thing or forest access road. Um 15 kilometers of single track in Mont-Saint-Marie. Um minus a tiny bit of road as you go from like the, the main ski area to the next trail. It's not that far. Um Plenty of unmaintained winter roads and uh, even a few sections of hike a bike where um, unless you're an absolutely stellar, stellar balancer of bikes and uh, have epic legs, uh, you're probably going to have to push your bike. And uh, approximately 80% of the route is unpaved all right. So that's that. Um let's talk about what I packed. I So for this for this uh this little adventure, I was using my Panorama Taiga. It's a new bike to me, so I actually haven't had that many rides on it, which is never a good idea. Let's just put that out there. Uh before you go on an adventure like this, you should be really used to your bike. It should be fitted to you perfectly. Uh you should have ridden it lots. Um, you could either get a bike fit or you could purchase one like, um, um, Velo fit. Um, they have an online system so you can fit your bike to you. And, uh, I hadn't even done that yet because I had just literally got the bike together a week before I took the dog for a few rides and then decided that, Hey, Oh no, sorry. It was a few weeks before, before I went to Japan. But anyways, I didn't have that many rides on it. Um, I just stuck a new saddle on it that came from broxton cyclery i got the uh, ergon sr all core pro saddle something like that um and so far um it's really good uh, i like it more than my brooks so i hope to get an smc core if they ever come in stock that's uh something else i'm looking at um but yeah i decided to uh take this bike it has 120 mils of suspension a sweet rock shocks fork on the front that i uh, I had put in there in the build and of course i had stuck my carbon fiber wheels my my curved dirt hoops that i bought through brockton uh on the on the bike with the dynamo so i could get the most out of the bike and uh, keep the weight down and it was already set up with um Mezcals, so pretty quick wheels, uh, pretty quick tires, although they're kind of getting worn. And I was kind of iffy on whether I should ride them for another 400 kilometers like that because it could get a blowout. But hey, they survived. Um, yeah, so that was the bike. It is a 1x12 setup. Um, Shimano SLX uh, derailleur on the back cassette i think that makes it a 51 tooth cassette maybe it's 50 it's 51 i think um on the front relatively small something around uh 32 or something anyways if that helps um yeah so great bike um i'm going to talk more about it later but uh, i've really enjoyed the rides on it so far course a few little things that uh, could have gone better for it um including like tightening my saddle more so it doesn't slide forward and backwards um uh, learning lesson by the time i realized it was doing that or had gotten loose to the point of doing that uh it was irrelevant at that point my my butt was pretty beat up and yeah it wasn't going to affect me much it's just like 50k to go so um yeah so i packed um uh, my race or a restrap aero bar bag and rest C post bags. They're both seven liters. I, in hindsight should have not taken the one of them. I packed uh, the front one with my air mattress because it's quite cold outside and I want to get off the ground. Uh, emergency bivy and a down jacket. Probably shouldn't have taken all that because, uh, except for the down jacket, I would definitely needed that. Got down to seven degrees that that night, um, but I didn't sleep. So maybe emergency bivy and down jacket could have been packed in the rear bag and I could have uh, saved one whole bag of space and weight, but anyways, whatever. The sea post bag, I had a spare tube, second set of bike clothes. Um, I knew I was undertrained. i knew my butt would take a beating, so I thought maybe I'll bring a second set to switch things up uh, with a different style, a merino underwear with a uh, mountain bike short rather than a bib short. No, no second jersey. Uh, I did bring an extra pair of socks though. And in there, I also had a couple Ziploc bags full of uh, Scratch Super Fuel. So Race Day Fuel is a sponsor of the podcast, and uh, they sent me a bag because I complained about my GI gastro, gastrointestinal issues and how I get like I get pretty bad reflux and stuff. And uh, so they sent that to me to test out and try it out and see how I feel. And um, we'll talk about it later. But yeah, overall really good um no complaints in the restrap feed bag i had some candy which is always poison to me but i love it uh scratch electrolytes and some maple syrup uh, homemade maple syrup in a baby food pack and uh in the top two bag i had the dynamo usb charging thingy um so i could hook up some usbs and charge stuff I had one power bank. I had a little bottle of chamois cream, a little bottle of sunscreen, a little Ziploc bag with an insufficient first aid kit, as always, and another little maple syrup one. That was about half full, but I brought it anyways. And of course, that's the one that exploded on me and got over everything, except for the power banks and stuff, which were all at the front. And somehow that's the great part, but I did get it washed out. So not the end of the world. Um, I just actually licked the chamois cream bottle <laughs> and the sunscreen bottle to get as much maple syrup off it as I could but hey that's what you do um I did not have a frame bag so uh the panorama taiga doesn't have the biggest triangle and I don't have a frame bag that fits it so I opted to go with two water bottles on a wolf tooth adapter so that they are side by side um I had a tool keg under the down tube and it's way more secure now I'm using the uh the water bottle cage that um redshift sports had sent me a while back that can be used with an adapter on their aero bars and it's real tight it has like a little rubber a rubber housing that you can take on and put on or off that keeps it even more secure there was no budge that that can that uh tool keg did not move at all so that's pretty sweet um i have montan cycling jersey uh, if you don't know montan you can check them out montan canada um I had a wallet in the long zippered pocket that goes kind of horizontally along the back. Um, So I stuck it in there so that even if it moves around, it's zipped in and it never falls out. Uh, I had a windbreaker stuffed in my back pocket. Um, I have also the Montan wallet, um, but it makes a really good cable and battery holder. So I use that to hold all the various cables I might need for different devices, spare batteries for the... um, spot tracker and i also had a bit of snacks in the back pocket so yeah jacket the the shirt could hold everything i needed and i could have stuffed more in there too i think at night i had the glasses in there as well um all right so let's jump forward into the ride um sorry just move the mic on me a little bit so this little grand apart saw just three of us head off into the unknown Uh, I was taking on the 400 kilometers. A buddy of mine, Alex was going to do the 900 and a guy from France, Renault was going to do the 1200. So, uh, yeah, the weather, I mean, couldn't ask for better weather, bet. That's not English. Better weather. Uh, just a few days prior it had been like 40 degrees outside and uh but i knew that the weather was coming down so it was perfect it was 24 degrees during the day 11 degrees at night. i think it got really hot for a little while the on the saturday um my garmin says the hottest it got to was 40 degrees but that kind of surprises me um i never felt that so and i said 11 degrees at night but actually got down to about seven according to the garmin uh we left star point which at the moment was the nomads park headquarters uh, just after eight eight oh seven. 807 started riding towards community trail keeping a pretty easy pace and uh, just kind of chatting and stuff when uh when cars weren't flying by us dangerously close and uh yeah it was just a really nice way to start the ride um you know heading towards the rail trail um, about 19 kilometers in we a uh, couple of us uh, Alex decided to skip some of the harder single track stuff it's not his jam uh, but he just wanted to get out for a good four or five day bike ride so that's what he did uh, so he kept going on to Wakefield and Renault and I turned to head up into the Gatineau Park for six kilometers of pretty technically challenging uh, trail um, so this is like really my first ride on the Taiga where I'm putting it through the, through the motions and and um, super happy the front suspension is epic Um, came as a recommendation from my buddy Carl Um, I kind of threw a whole bunch of brands and stuff at him and said what do you think I should buy and he said go with this one Um, so yeah Rock Shocks, Factory Race something or another should know but I don't Um, if you really want to know shoot me a message because I don't know what off the top of my head um, but yeah, so it was it was epic. Um, it, it also the bike also comes with a dropper post, which is something I'm not really used to. I had it on the fat bike, which is great for getting on and off in the snow, so you don't fall when you go up to your head, uh, up to your knees in snow. But uh, really, first time I'm using it in terms of technical bike riding, and I'm not very good at it. I'll be honest. Um, but it's great to just get your center of gravity lower over the back wheel and. Although I've ridden those that that trail through the Atno park quite a few times now, um, I still wasn't used to the whole dropper thing and suspension. And it's been a while since uh, since I've done some proper mountain biking, so I was quicker for sure. But I wasn't like just giving her full gas. Um, yeah, so I was really looking forward to um, Mont Saint Maurice trails because I knew that they were more they weren't as technically like rocky, but they were more. Curvy, flowy, and uh, that would be a good chance to to really get used to it. Uh, in Wakefield, we when we reached there, we stopped at the Blue Barn for coffee and refill our bottles and all that fun stuff. And then it was pretty much all gravel and a little bit of pavement. I think three kilometers of pavement um, all the way until we reached Poggin and Dam and had a break there. Unfortunately, Alex had to turn around. He forgot his waste pack. He went and got it. Uh, luckily, nothing was missing. And then he carried on his way and. Um, When we reached a Poggin Dam, I decided that I was really far, 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 far under-trained and uh, having basically spent the whole summer traveling to visit family. So I spent three weeks in Turkey with my wife's family and then two weeks in Japan with my son and not nearly enough biking. And my legs were telling me that, you know, trying to, to keep up with Renault and chat and, you know, have a nice social ride just wasn't going to happen. So I told him to uh, to just give her, have a good ride, and I would catch him in a few days when he comes back via my house. Um, and then I was on my own, and it was quite nice. I, I had a great ride to uh, Denholm. It's a lot of uphill going that way, a lot of gravel uphill. It um, just seems to go on forever, but really nice. Um, never got too tired. It was never too hot, um, unlike when I tried in July to ride the 900, uh, and it was 40 degrees. This was quite chill and easy um yeah so Denholm at the city hall which is a really nice to hack uh they have a tap on the outside of their building it's right next to the fire station in case that's your point of interest that's most noticeable point anyways um so they have a, a tap and the water's potable and so I filled my bottles drank a bit filled them and refilled them again added some electrolytes and all that good fun stuff and um yeah, And then finally got to Mont-Saint-Marie right around 3 something, three, 3 o'clock. I forget what time exact, 3.30 maybe. And uh, really got to use the dropper post. I had a blast. Um, the suspension just sucked everything up. I was able to just really, really crush some of the downhills, uh, especially after the Tower of Power. Um those switchbacks are super fun. And now they're way, way, way more fun with a a mountain bike. Um, Yeah, I had a new little section of a few kilometers of trail that uh, are really flowy single track um, that have recently been added to the Mont Saint Marie repertoire. And um, so I took those and then I went to Chez Mallow, which is a little restaurant on the way out of town. And I met up there with Alex uh, to have a proper meal. So he was ahead of me, as, as I mentioned, he decided to skip a lot of the single track sections and he made up all that time he lost when he went back to get his bag. And uh, I think he got to the restaurant maybe 10 minutes before me, he Said, said. Um, yeah, so I really needed a break, my legs, ass. They were feeling all right, luckily, um, not too bad, but I knew that I, I would have to have some proper food and um, just get off everything for a while. Uh, leaving the, the restaurant, we basically cruised northwards towards Gracefield, but he was going to head east and I was going west. So eventually we split ways and getting in Gracefield is where I realized that maple syrup thing had blown up and I had to, luckily, I could just stop at the the public washroom there at the little info center type thing and give everything a good wipe and wash out. And actually while I was there, I was chatting to some uh, some. Older cyclists, and they were asking me all about the adventure and stuff, and probably spent a little bit too long chatting with them. But it was a it was a great break, and it it was a, gave me a chance to get all the cleaning I needed done, anyways, and to put on some layers for the night. Yeah, so um, it was around this point, leaving Gracefield at I think something like eight thirty, that I realized that I would actually have to probably ride all night if I wanted to beat to Megan's time because. In June, when I had ridden with her for one day and she was going to ride the whole four hundred, we left Gracefield at like six thirty. Maybe it was eight o'clock when I was doing it, so I was about an hour and a half behind her schedule, um, and um, so I had to get going and figured I'd just see how things go. But I knew that my legs were nowhere near as ready for anything as hers were, and uh, what was pretty relaxing ride for her was going to probably kill me. Um, Heading towards Lac Caillamont, there's the Chemin des Pionniers, Pioneers Road, or Road of Pioneers. And um, it's basically an unserviced road that's really sandy. I mean, there was a, it was getting dark. It was already kind of dark when I was riding down it. But then like this pickup truck with monster wheels and huge floodlights came flying over the rise. And I moved over. He saw me. He slowed down, um, puttered by, shouted something. Don't know what it was. And then a couple four-wheelers as well. So it's definitely somewhere to be aware that there's always an inherent risk there because people do drink and drive and go have fun in these, you know, unserviced roads. So just be aware that you might need to move to the side pretty quick. Um, yeah, and, and I was worried about it a little later for, for a while again, but uh, it gets really rocky, so it wasn't really an issue because I don't even think they want to go there. Um yeah, reaching Cayamont wasn't really much of a reprieve because I, I really already knew what lay ahead of me. And that's one of the problems when you create a route is you know so well what's coming up. And uh, sometimes to your own detriment. Um, yeah, fast gravel until the the end of a lake, which is something like 10K. It's a long lake. Um, and then the ground just starts to get chunkier and chunkier and chunkier uh, until it basically turns into a hike-a-bike with pretty steep and chunky hills and unfortunately for me, I got turned around a bit in the dark and ended up like, I don't know, one or 200 meters down a really steep, chunky hill uh, where people had been doing donuts on their ATVs, uh, only to realize I went the wrong way. So that was kind of shitty, but at least it wasn't a swamp like Megan walked into. So when she messaged me and said she went into a swamp up to her waist, I was like, oh, that sounds awful. And it's because the... uh ride with GPS doesn't match up exactly with where the trails are. So it's, it's possible like you could take a wrong turn um, or go too far. And if you're not really aware or you're tired or it's dark and you know, it all plays factors. And so I got to try to mess with that and see if I can kind of get it more accurately onto the lines. Cause they're there and they're not bad, but you just have to be aware of it. Um, Yeah. And then things Got better and the riding was much quicker and awesome and way better than when I rode it in the spring. Uh, The roads were dry and I could see how they might not be great if it was wet. But um, yeah, the gravel roads were pretty sweet, a little bit sandy at some spots. And I reached Otter Lake, I think at around 1230 p.m. Or a.m., 1230 a.m., midnight. Uh about two hours behind the time that Megan was at so now I really knew I just couldn't stop so I popped some caffeine rode my bike got tired popped more caffeine you know the way it goes um and I think by around 4am it just wasn't working I was bonked I was so tired man I was I was listening to music as loud as I could I was uh, occasionally just yelling um and then around 6 a.m., the light started coming out. And instantly, like, I literally, the snap of the fingers, I felt rejuvenated. My speed picked up probably by a good, like, four or five kilometers per hour. And I was just like, wow, how on earth does the sun do that to us? Like, it is such a revival tool. Um, and I rode until Lac De Lu, which wasn't too far away. I think I got there around 8.15. Um and I stopped at the convenience store, which of course was closed on a Sunday, probably not opening ever or until 10 AM or something. And, uh, so I sat there on the concrete steps and I had a little power nap, put my head down in my hands for about 20 minutes. Um, a truck drove by, asked me if I was okay. They had the bikes in the back. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm just having a snooze. Uh, they thought it was pretty funny. And, uh, Then I got up and got going. I had a little chat with my daughter and my wife um, and then got riding towards Gatineau Park, which is basically my home territory, pretty much knowing all the ups and downs and all arounds. Trail 55. uh, So you start on Trail 56 and then eventually when you get to... I forget the name of the lake. I probably have it right here in front of me somewhere. Um, Let's see if I find it really quickly. So yeah, you're riding trail 56 until Taylor Lake. I should remember that. And then you jump onto trail 55, but there were some metal gates up, but they were all open. So I was like, all right, cruising. And uh, maybe just because it was a Sunday and nobody was working. So um, I did all that and got out. Um, yeah. Anyways, eventually got to trail 53, which is where I have bench. Uh, it's another little side trail and it's a it's a little bit gnarly and fun and stuff and definitely work that i didn't feel like doing at that point but quite happy to ride some single track so not the end of the world uh i decided to do a quick little detour to tim hortons for some food it's about three kilometers round trip so you know you're talking i don't know somewhere around 10 to 15 minutes of riding time plus the time i ate and stuff and i of course i talked to my wife and Um, I think in the end, I probably lost like 40 minutes of time, but it felt oh so good. I didn't have coffee. Uh, I didn't think my, I, I was eating a lot of candy by the end of the night and I was running low on stuff. I mean, I could have put, I had one more bag of scratch super fuel, but I thought that, um, so I had one more bag of scratch super fuel, but I don't know. I just wanted some real food. Um, and I also didn't have a place to fill my water bottles. I mean, I could have stopped at any Creek or whatever, but decided to hit the Timmy's and, uh, I chugged a liter of chocolate milk, which completely fixed the whole acid reflux thing. So that was super. Um, of course I ate, I forget what I had, but, uh, food, um, and a muffin. I took a muffin to go just, uh, just in case I need something later. And uh, yeah, and then I got on the way and got back and hit the trails. And by then, my legs were getting to the point where I wasn't really able to climb all the hills anymore. Uh, So I started walking up a lot of the steeper hills. And ultimately, this is like one kilometer of walking uphill I did with about a thousand meters of elevation. Because when I finished, even with that three extra kilometers, I was about a kilometer less than I should have been. And my elevation was about a thousand meters less than it should have been. And I know because my Garmin turns off when it's going uphill like that slow because I have a, a speed set on it. Um, I think there's a way you can adjust for that um, with a click or something, but I just don't know how. Anyways. Um, yeah. So uphill all the way to Champlain lookout. And then basically all of my favorite trails down to the finish line and that's trail you know one trail 15 from kings uh from kingsmere uh happy valley skyridge missing link brazilian um all great trails uh if you if you like trails um none of them are overly complicated there's a couple little spots always but nothing too crazy and then it was just a final push through hendrix farms which was pretty good and um although I actually caused myself more work than necessary by taking the stairs and the bridge into town rather than the road, I kind of forgot that I had modified the route because the bridge is quite narrow and that could be problematic if, you know, people are trying to cross at the same time. So I modified it to an easier, um, right before you go down the bridge, you would actually just exit that parking lot onto the road and ride into the town. And so I, I didn't, um, turn around. I just had already made myself work at least 10 times harder. Um, Finishing ultimately at 6 30 PM, just slightly after with a total lapse time of 34 hours, 35 minutes, 33 seconds. Um, Yeah. Super ride. Um, Lots of learning as always. It's probably one of the things I love most about bike pack racing is that not only do you challenge your body, but you learn so much. Um, so yeah, like, what are some of the things I learned? I learned, don't do this. Don't do something like this without having done the right amount of training. I knew it was gonna suck. I knew it was gonna be hard because I knew I was undertrained. but I know I also have some muscle memory. I, I've been biking for years and years and uh, a lot of road biking, which develops good strength. And I've always been a mountain biker. So I have the technical handling ability. Um, so I knew probably muscle memory wise, I could get this done but that there would be a good amount of suck. Um, and for the most part, it was all right. Like The legs really didn't just have the strength in the last part in the, uh, the Gatno Park with the big climbs. Otherwise, it was pretty good. Uh, suspension on a mountain bike is an amazing thing. It really is. While having the, you know, last year I was using the Cheru Divider with fully rigid, uh, it does make you a little bit faster definitely does cut some weight. I think the benefits of suspension is basically worth its weight in gold like um, I know some people even ride full suspension bikes you know because the the sacrifice of that bit of weight is uh, made up when you hit all these technically difficult sections. you just save your body a lot of um, muscle wear and tear. Yeah so um, scratch super fuel was really good um it's a really light flavor so that's a really cool thing um obviously i said it was provided to me by race day fuel um and it really helped keep the uh, gi issues at bay up until i randomly decided to eat a bunch of candy just as i started to feel better and then i felt acidic right away so i regretted that but um Yeah, for the most part, when I had food and I had the Scratch Superfuel and I avoided the candies, um, I didn't have any problems. So something I have to continually work on, keeping in mind, right? Uh, But it's hard because candy is cheap and good quality energy fuels are expensive. And even though they sent me some of the Scratch Superfuel, I didn't have any of the gels or um, wafers or anything like that. So I had to just make do with what i had on hand and or what i could get and of course i opted for cheap candy that's full of sugar and uh just caused me pain uh what else is really cool is uh riding a route like this in the autumn is awesome like it was such a such a nice time to ride there was virtually no bugs um a little bit early that morning um but then that was it um Yeah, days are cooler. Nights are not too cold. I mean, it's everything you could hope for. You can get big days of riding in without killing yourself in 38 degree heats. Uh, Heats, that's not a plural word, but whatever. Um, Yeah, and the last thing I learned in this case is I I kind of knew deep down that I wouldn't be sleeping, but I opted on the side of safety, which is not something I usually do. And I packed uh, all my, not all my sleeping stuff. I didn't pack sleeping bag, but I packed the air mattress and stuff. And in the end, it was just a little bit of extra stuff carried for nothing and I should have realized it and just not taken it or um, at least got rid of the air mattress and just packed the e and the the puffy jacket which I used that night because it was 7 degrees and it was cold um, and I would have been much better off and I could have uh, had that just on the front and not worry about the dropper post uh, causing bag rub or anything like that so there was a lot of um, a few things I could have done differently there but all in all you know I'm really pleased with the way it went my legs were definitely sore for like 5 days after. I think uh by like Thursday, Friday, Friday they were probably feeling good again. So, you know, if you're undertrained you you definitely damage a lot of um muscle fibers and cause yourself lots and lots of needed healing time, but that's okay. It was fun. It was good. Um, I don't know how long I will uh, hold this for because I know somebody's going out in just a couple days time to uh, to have a go at it. So uh, really looking forward to following them. And um, yeah, that is it. Um, Can't think of anything else I should share. Uh, Oh, maybe. uh, Yeah. Make sure your bike is fitted to you properly. I mean, mine, for the most part, I've been doing this a long time and riding bikes a long time. So I'm pretty good at getting a rough set. Uh, but make sure your seat seat clamps are tight enough that the seat doesn't move around is probably another good point uh, to keep in mind other than that um yeah always carry oh i did have a water filter it was in that back bag as well uh always carry a water filter and purification tablets because on something like this where you don't always have a chance to fill up you will definitely definitely need them so on that note um thanks for listening thanks for tuning in And keep on pedaling. Bye-bye.